0: Want to do better? Then it's time to change the story. Welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art, tech, and innovation. And now your hosts, Michael Ashley and Neil Sahota. Hey, welcome to another episode of Changing the Story. Got an incredible guest today, Tishana Eliza Spencer. She's the founder and CEO of TV which celebrates global black culture through curated, undiscovered, and award-winning indie films, documentaries, web series, children's programming, and events. She's a former radio host and producer of Empower Hour, a show that examines social justice issues affecting people of color on Washington, D.C.'s 89.3 FM WPFW. Deshauna recently completed her first documentary, Mom Interrupted, which she tackles gun violence through the stories of the ones most impacted, the mothers of murdered young Black men and women. In 2019, the Digital Diversity Network named her the Innovation and Inclusion Social Entrepreneur of the Year. Thank you for being a champion for diversity and welcome to the show, Deshauna.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Thanks for being here. So, Deshauna, as a visionary, what is the story that you would like to bring to the world?
1: For me, the story I like to bring to the world is authentic, authentic, authenticity. Like, that's, you know, the whole mission of everything I've done. Um, you mentioned the bio collective in the clearly means truth. And so, um, for me, it's been really important for me to showcase authentic storytelling using it to celebrate the community, use it to heal the community, as well as empower the community.
0: That's awesome. So Deshauna, how did you get started? I mean, what what triggered this in your life to say, <laughs> I got to do this?
1: <laughs> it was really simple. Uh, back in the day, I was watching cable when I had cable, and I was flipping through a bunch of channels, and I didn't really say anything I wanted. I feel like, especially back in the day, there were like a thousand channels, you flip, 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 and it's like the same stuff over and over again. Um, and I like history and I like discovery. If you turn on those channels, basically you will see, you would not see any black people at all. Like, we there is black history, right? <laughs> and even in February, you kind of have to search really hard to find black history stories, even on the history channel. And a lot of times you watch the reality television, the black women were find each other. Or if you saw some of the throwback 90s movies that we all love, it always showed the same narrative about the Black experience, you know, the hood, someone getting shy or someone trying to get out the hood and they're maybe doing something legal they, before they get a chance to say their lies they get shot at the end, you know, it's always the same type of storyline. And I, those stories actually depressed me. And so I wanted to see something more. And I got a subscription service to a very popular streaming service. And I was looking for these really great independent films that I read about online and when I did see those films, I was like, okay, where are they? And I realized that I had to go to a film festival to see them. It's like, well, I don't want to travel to I can't afford to travel to a film festival, number one. And so that's when the wheels start to turn. It's like, okay, if this doesn't exist anywhere, then I'm going to create this, which is insane because I had no experience in it. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Can I kind of went in blind, you know, <laughs> you know <I'm> trying to... <laughs>
2: Put it out. <laughs> you, the, when Neil was reading your bio, you said this word authentic, and I, I wonder what that means to you. When you're talking about the, this authentic experience, that totally makes sense that there's a lot of other movies out there that are telling the same kind of story. But when we're talking about authentic, what does that mean to you?
1: So it means basically telling the truth, not good or bad, right? I mean, we know that authentic can also... I don't want to like sugarcoat the black communities either. I think people think everything has to be positive. We're not saying we only want to show positive stories. We just want to show stories that that are not laced in stereotypes or are demeaning to the community. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, one time we got we got this submission It had been a film festival. And it was about it was about Martin King and Malcolm X, and somehow they came back to life and they, you know, were looking at the black community and they were all ashamed because all the pants were sagging and all the negativity. And we know that there, like every, every community has a negative side to it, but they only showed that side. And so Malcolm X and Martha King were upset and, and dumbfounded by the fact that the Black community was in disarray since they died. And, and then they met some Black man whose pants were sagging and cursed and him out, called... called cursed and Malcolm X, the n-word, and I was like, what? <laughs> you know? So stories like that, and this was a black director who did this film, and I, you know, said, sorry, like, this doesn't fit our mission because it's not authentic. Anyway, I grew up in Memphis, born and raised, and I even lived next door to a drug dealer at one point in my life, and they were still respectful to elders. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't so, like, negative, and I felt it was a very misrepresentation about people who are maybe living impoverished in the Black community. And so that's what authentic means. It means, like, we want to tell the truth. We, we don't want to, you know, over-stereotype um, a particular our community, which sometimes tends to happen quite a bit, um, the, or the angry Black woman, right? That's another stereotype. So if I see something where it's really heavily towards, girl, you know what? You know, you know that, I mean, yeah, we all... <laughs> Have our sister friends? We get together and we have our have fun. But at the same time, everyone's not rolling their necks. And everyone doesn't have long nails out the hair. Like, and and, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? You know. But that we need to show other sides of our community. And I really feel like mainstream can sometimes really skew it towards one way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's so important to me because you think about what's happening, you know, global scale, in, in or even in the U.S., where you see, you know, black men being murdered and. Even the slightest thing, people automatically assume it, like they're guilty. That, to me, is it stems from what we see in the media. If the media tends to show negative stereotypes constantly about black men, then when people see black men, they're going to automatically assume the worst because of the images that they see and studies show that to be true. And so my goal is to really counteract that by telling authentic stories, for showing different types of storylines. Uh, and that's what being authentic means. It, it doesn't mean sugarcoating anything that's yeah. going on in the community, but really being truthful and show all sides of our community, not just one side. So people have a, a more well-balanced um, opinion about what it means to be black. Yeah.
0: That, that's, I mean, is incredibly powerful. And I guess to me, it's surprising, right? That it seems like if we're over stereotyping people, shouldn't people like the, the people making the films or the TV shows, wherever it is, realize that and say, hey, we're kind of doing the same thing over and over again, right or wrong? When do they realize that we kinda gotta change it up you know, or mix it up and say like look, not everyone acts like this and we may be actually teaching people bad things or teaching them stereotyping that you know is gonna seep in their brains.
1: That's a really interesting point. I think it, it boils down to what studios um, and people and those in charge think will sell. if certain if a certain thing sells, right, people are gonna they're gonna keep making it. If you think like Coca-cola, we know that sodas are really bad for you and and so even though they have like the other mar- other types of juices, people will automatically go to soda and they're gonna sell that more than anything. So they think, oh, that's what people want. People are really afraid of change. People are really afraid of trying out new things because, them they just want to make their money they want to get their return on their investment and they think return on investment means this worked for the last movie like you look at the 90s every movie black movie was literally the boys in the hood minutes to I mean I, I like those movies and back in the day I was a kid but they all higher learning they all had the same story literally in you know someone getting shot you know crime in the communities and I felt like because that was a success then every movie that came out afterwards pretty much was the same thing. And so I and like or like now you see a lot of the superhero movies, right? That's where it seems yeah. to be because they're so successful. Okay, well we're afraid to try something new, we're just gonna every angle of a superhero movie is going to put it out because we know people are going to go to the box office. So I really think it's more fear of trying something new because they're afraid they may not make their money back. (laughs) Versus like, I care about stereotypes. It's really more about the money versus the mission. (laughs) Right.
2: And I think that for a lot of people, um, I I graduated from film school, worked in Hollywood, and I felt very discouraged because they want to play it safe. They want to do sequels. They want to do endless comic book movies. I mean, God, how many of those we have to watch? Um, people just get tired of it. But I know that they want to be very safe about what they're doing. They're, they're trying to make cool. money. Um, for you and the, and the creative output that you're involved in, what are some of the stories right now that either you're working on or about, or about to come out that you're really excited about that actually tells that authentic narrative that gets you excited?
1: Sure, so we're not creating content quite yet. It's very expensive to do it well, and so right now our main focus is on supporting our independent filmmakers who have content on our platform. We just released a slate a slate of new films. Uh, one great film is called Let the Fire Burn. It's about um, what happened in the 80s with the MOVE, um, Black Liberation Organization in Philly, where they basically just let people die. It, it, it was really great. It's a really great documentary about how the government can overstretch their boundaries and murder innocent people um, in, in the community. Another documentary has been out on the platform for a while. It's called Wilmington on Fire. Um, some people are starting to learn about the Tulsa incident where a white mob killed uh, a number of African Americans after slavery because they were jealous that they were trying to build something for themselves. And something similar happened in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, in this documentary uh, from an independent filmmaker. He's from North Carolina. He did the research himself and, and did a phenomenal documentary. Um, that documentary is so important because a lot of times, we, and as, I, as I mentioned earlier, when it comes to our history, those things are pretty much laced over. And so as people talk about you know, some of the broader terms about you know, how do we fix systematic racism, implicit bias, and people think about it from a now terms, but there have been so many other Wilmington, so many other Tulsa incidents in other parts of the, of the country, like in Memphis, where I'm from originally, I live in DC area now, but there was these lynchings that happened. There was this really robust um, black middle class that some people didn't like existed in a bunch of um, professional black men, business owners were lynched during this time. and so. Again, these are stories you don't really hear about because it's a it's a tainted history, but it's so important for us to know and then we if you think about it now. That's why it's harder sometimes for black people to get ahead because those things that happened, like there were businesses, there was generational wealth that was being built, but because of things that happened where there were mobs killing black people because of it, now we're sort of seeing sort of the ramifications up till today. And so um, those are just some of the types of program. We also have positive stuff too, like you know, everything y'all doom and gloom, like, oh my God, I'm gonna cry every, every film that I, that I see. <laughs> But we also, you know, really want to show really positive views about Africa. Growing up, I remember no, only thing I knew about Africa as a kid was like I see the Ethiopian commercials where they were really thin and, and they were malnourished, and or, or people there were child soldiers. Hear about you know the, the conflicts happening, or HIV/AIDS was another thing as a as a kid when I was growing up. And so um, we, our goal is to show other sides of Africa, and it's a really great comedy on Koli TV called Africa United. It's about a group of kids who they want to go to the World Cup in South Africa. They live in um, Rwanda. No, they live in um, Uganda and their their goal is to travel um, to South Africa and it's a long trek and they travel by different ways by walking, by boat, by... They just oh. travel so many different ways. But, but it's funny and, and it doesn't... They're not... They're not like helpless or hopeless. Like it's, it's a very positive story um, about a group of kids who just want to see the World Cup. They're, you know, they're not. They're, mm-hmm. So, I mean, and sometimes we, people tend to think if we're going to talk about Africa, it's to this white lens, almost like a National Geographic narration type of thing, mm-hmm. right? And so we want to show something different. And so those are just some of the, some of the titles. We have so many others on the platform that I want people to check out.
0: Awesome. that's a lot of amazing stories and Michael and I believe that everyone has a story to tell and hopefully a story that they want to share given that there's like such a big universe of stories out there how do you figure out what what to to use what content is going to be the most impactful
1: it's interesting because you know we get submissions from from people um people from fi- filmmakers reach out to us say hey I have a friend who has a film that's already on a platform we work with distributors but for us you know once a month we put out the new content we try to make it really well-rounded like for instance you know we this month we have a romance we have a romantic comedy we have some really great documentaries places around the world we have um, a documentary about the Panama um, Panama Canal uh, and how um, people from Trinidad came, went went to the Panama to build this canal and, and some of the challenges that they face, things you would never hear about, right? It's stories you would never see. And so I like, I like, really like mixing up something from the U.S., a little bit from the Caribbean, some things from Africa, some things from Europe, all different types of journalists, really making a, a well round package, I like to say. But it is hard choosing, you know, um, the content because we get a lot of submissions and we wish we can take everything and we're super, super um, focused on our mission when we select content. So that goes a lot into what we choose to put on the platform.
2: So this moment um, in history is is very chaotic. We know, there's a lot going on in the news, Mm -hmm. uh, especially after the George Floyd murder. Um, What are your thoughts about what you're seeing day to day on the news about uh, what's going on in your community and in the wider community of America? First part of that question and two, how can we begin to tell stories that are authentic, but that help us uh, to, be, to get away from division and more towards unity at this moment
1: in time? That's a good question. So the first one, it's been really hard, right? I think that there's so much going on in the world. And I think one of the things I've noticed is that some of my white friends have been empathetic about or really just trying to take a step back and say, okay, Deshauna, is this really, and I, you know, and the thing is, most people don't realize that if you are a black person, or even a person of color, because I think people of color have their own ranges of what racism they experience. Mm -hmm. And as a black woman uh, or a black person in general, there are things that most of us, we don't really talk about. Like most of us experience some form of implicit bias, discrimination, racism on a constant basis. You just don't mention it because you're gonna be like, oh, there they go complaining again. So you just, just kind of just let it go, and not let it go, but you just kind of move on and try to, you know, make do with what what hand you're dealt. And I, I'm noticing that my wife friends are definitely saying, oh, hey, Dashaun, what's going on? And, and really want to have open dialogue about my experiences. And a lot of them have been really shocked, like, oh, I just never, I never knew. Like, yeah, but we would spend. <laughs> hours upon hours, you know, mm-hmm. today, this will happen to me, you know, so you just sort of, it's so, you're so used to it that, you know, you just, you just, you know, know it is what it is. But what I will say is that it's been pretty much very, very much so draining, I think because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, is, and then seeing how black people are even more impacted by this as well, by the coronavirus, more likely to die from this too, it's like another thing that we're more likely to be impacted by negatively. It, it's, it's, it, it takes a toll, right? And I even found myself a little bit depressed just because everything is happening. I chose not to watch the George Floyd video. I saw, like, the first three minutes of it, but I mentally just couldn't watch it. Same thing with Jacob Blake. I tried not to watch it. I was scrolling through Twitter, and, you know, Twitter the automatically plays so that you scroll through, and I was like, trying to scroll past it. I know what happened to him. I, I just don't want to see it. Black people are tired of seeing Black death. Like, we're just over and over again. And these are stories that become national, international news. There are so many other stories that don't make news, right? And, and another thing, too, is that, you know, I feel like people do care now, but, like, for black people, it's something we've been dealing with for so long. I remember when, um, wait, I can't think of his name, he was killed, like, 2004, 2000, Sean Bell, bill. He, it was the day before his wedding in New York, and some unmarked cops killed him during his bachelor party. Unarmed, doing nothing wrong, just coming back from a bachelor party. That that crushed me. And so that was like almost, that was like 2004, 2005, I think 15, 20 years ago. And now we're still going through this. Now moving forward, how can we come together? That's an interesting question because I know like my friends who are empathetic and want to understand the plight, I think it's easier to have these white allies who, who are like, okay, wow, okay, I'm really starting to understand that this is not racism thing is really much larger than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. But then there are those who will never um, see the light. Uh, you know, we, we have advertising on like Twitter and most of the advertising um, comments are very negative, you know, like with the people with the MAGA people. And I'm not trying to pick sides, but they used to have. <laughs> I look at their page and, and uh, <clears throat> their personal page, and they see the most negative, hateful things about Koi TV. And I always tell people, like, we're not being separatists. We're not saying if you are white, you can't subscribe. We welcome everyone to come. We think that the stories that we have on Koi TV can heal not just our community, but can heal others They can understand our community better and so I think that having these conversations more would be you know really helpful even talking to our brother he was actually being from Memphis and his co-workers in Memphis were having conversations with him and them not really understanding them being more pathetic about him you know what he goes through as a black man I think it's been really positive in that sense. My hope is that these conversations continue to happen, that it's not just the flavor of the month and then next month is something else. If you think about like Me Too, I feel like that sort of died down a bit and people aren't talking about it as much. And so I think that we should always be more empathetic and caring and be kind. You know, that's like, (laughs) you know, that we should just all try to be more just be kinder. I feel like we've been doing this this year a little bit more just because of of the pandemic where when someone sends an email, hey, just check and hope everything's okay before getting to business. I hope that kind of sticks around because we just never know what people are going through. And I think for people who aren't Black, it's never really could fully understand what Black people go through on a regular basis, like every single day, just to exist.
0: Sure, sure. I, I, I think telling these stories is actually really important and you know, I like the balance on, you got to tell the bad and the good because, you know, I, I, I did watch those videos and I was horrified that you couldn't believe another person would do that to another person. And then I got angry about that someone would do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And I think for people that don't understand what's happening in the communities, it's, it's, it's kind of those powerful things. But then what I really found inspirational was you hear more about the stories about what with the families, what the communities are doing and the support. And I'm like, wow, you know, this is not just great. It's like, I kind of wish my community was more like that, you know, that we, we had some of these things. I'm not saying we, you know, anyone should suffer such horrible things. Right. but just on a, like a day-to-day basis. How can we're not just a little bit better to each other a little bit more mm-hmm. supportive? There seems to be a lot of like a little hint of hostility or anger on like such stupid stuff. Right. You know? I mean, do, do we have a way out? Is there some stories maybe we can tell? And, you know, I hate to put it this way, turn some lemons into lemonade and maybe put an end to, you know, the injustice, but also make all of us just better people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah that, that's a really good question. I feel like social media in one way has really exposed a lot of the prejudice that I think a lot of people thought maybe went away. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely, I grew up in the 90s and I remember thinking like, well, you know, Clinton's in office and, you know, our parents were doing, but I just feel like that was like a glaze over when it came to racism. I was really in this bubble living in a, back, in a black city the white people who are knew were nice. I never really experienced anything overly racist, you know, growing up. And then I go to college in Mississippi and my life is turned upside down. Like, whoa, I guess racism still exists, you know. And then working on work my first job here in the DC area and how the the implicit bias I experienced was just jarring to me. And I was like really hurt by it all. And so it was just something that I was like, well, what, what can we do? You know, how, and I think that I think it really starts with the allies um, having conversations first, because we're the really the allies. So There's really nothing that, besides like showing more of the videos, like I don't know what more we can do. Because even with George Floyd, there are still people who were like, he must have done something. He twit. I mean, like it's making up the most insane things to justify him being murdered. Like there was just no justification to have him. He's Lying there, I mean, and just to be on his neck for that long—like there's actually no justification for someone to shoot someone in the back. There's just no justification. I just don't understand. And there are people who would never see that, but I think there are more people who are open to that. We just need to get to them because you, you can't change everybody. Something yeah. I wish I, I, I've always thought you can change everybody, but there are some people that you may not be able to change, but if there are enough of us who are open to change, open to listening, then we will be the majority. And then they will be the minority over time.
2: And speaking of um, helping people to change, uh, if you were to give advice to young filmmakers, young storytellers right now who do want to, influence people for the good, they want to tell those types of stories that we've been talking about. What would your advice be to them to get started?
1: I would say, just don't be afraid. Don't ask for permission. I think, you know, talking with a lot of filmmakers, some of the challenges that they talk about is, I need this studio, I need this whoever to green light my ideal. And as we talked about earlier, if those ideals sometimes stem in prejudice, implicit bias, and stereotypes, then they're, they may not get the green light. And so my thing is make it, do it anyway. Don't worry about, will the studios like this? Will the studios want this? Do what you think will, be, will have the biggest impact in your community and tell a story that you want to tell that's authentic to you. And I think you will be successful and don't really worry about the, the, the noise if you were, if we listened to, like, when I started Clay TV, <laughs> people are telling me, Black people don't want to watch documentaries. You should have a ratchet channel. You should have you know, Real Housewives, whatever. Like, that's what people want to watch. And documentaries, that's our number one genre. That's what people are asking to watch more than anything. And so if I would have listened to what other people said, we would have been like any other platform, right? Our goal is to be different. Go, our goal is to amplify and right. honor and celebrate um not just to be like everyone else. And so that to me is one way for filmmakers. It may be harder to get the funding that you need, but now with technology, with an iPhone, there <laughs> the sky's the limited nowadays. Yeah. You can do a lot <laughs> with an iPhone and a dream. <laughs>
0: right. That's great. That's I think fantastic advice to Shauna. I mean I love it. Tell your story, make the impact you want to do, Not, not not worry too much if you Sounds like if you're authentic, you'll be successful. Right. Well, with, with that, Deshauna, if people want to learn more about Koli TV, they want to learn more about you, want to figure out how to tell their story, what's the best way to connect with you, follow what's going on, and hopefully make an impact?
1: Sure. So they can go to our website and check us out. It's www.kweli.tv. We're on IG, we're on Facebook or Instagram. People are like, what's IG? We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at KWELI.tv. And you can email me at hello at KWELI.tv.
0: Wonderful. Awesome. We'll make sure all that information is in the show notes for our audience. Shauna, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your story.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank
0: you, Shauna. Hey, if you
2: like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment.
0: If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends.
2: Thank you.